Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Get Personal Finance, the podcast. My name is Eric Ramos, and I am the graduate assistant here in Finance and Accounting Services. I've enjoyed meeting some of you and working with some of you and look forward to crossing paths with the rest of you. Now, you're probably thinking, okay, but why are you recording yourself? Well, I got this idea after being in a meeting with Beth Jagers, and she mentioned, it takes seven different ways of communication for an adult learner to understand something. I thought, Why not apply that to the newsletter by finding ways to make it more accessible and distributable in different formats? Thus, the podcast. My mission for this podcast is to highlight the key points in a newsletter while also having a conversation with our staff spotlight in a way that people may find a little more meaningful than simply reading about it on their screen. If you prefer to not listen to my voice, no offense taken, I know my voice can be a lot to handle sometimes. Feel free to read the newsletter, but for those of you who are working on pro formas or are on hold with insurance companies, running strata reports or updating spreadsheets and want something to listen to in the background, then this is for you. My goal is for you to feel connected to the workplace, no matter if you're sitting here in HSSB or working from home where your cat walks across your computer. I'm going to treat this like a test run, so if you like it, let me know and I'll keep doing it. If you don't like it, well, silence speaks volume, so maybe keep it to yourself. <laughs> so let's jump right in, shall we? With the August newsletter. Inside this issue, we have staff shoutouts, Welcome Marla, Intersectionality, Andy's Crib, What Does Janice Do, Jet the Black Lab, and Here's What You Missed. Some special points of interest in this podcast. Does Donna remember meeting Chris? Joint staff engagement committee, who let the dog out, almost and Logan's show recommendations. Our staff spotlight is going to be Chris Gibbons, but you'll hear from both of us at the end of the podcast. So we're going to jump straight into staff shoutouts. Thank you so much to everyone who submitted staff shoutouts this month. The first one goes out to Mike Anderson for helping me out with my travel arrangements for a pop health conference in September. From Eric B. Shout out to Tim Schrader for all of his hard work and collaboration. He continuously thinks outside of the box to come up with solutions and process efficiencies. That's from Mary Short. Thank you to Kate Dudley for always engaging in great conversation and being so kind every time I see her. That's for me, so I guess I could have said that in first person. <laughs> Shout out to Ryan Lukey and all his hard work on the cost report and help keeping us afloat. That's from Taylor. Loved all of the first day of school picture. Shout out to Beth for starting the chain. I would like to give a huge shout out to Joanna Droll-Madol for her help in creating a new cost estimation tool for the ChargeMaster team to use when analyzing procedure costs for pricing. We appreciate her taking the time to create this tool and it will help immensely with our HB charge code creation process and package rate analysis. Thank you, Joanna. Thank you to Kelly Rosnick for all her support and guidance in our procurement process project. It is much appreciated. That's from me. Again, I guess I could have said that one in first person again. <laughs> Congratulations to Donna on her new position. We look forward to seeing you thrive and succeed in your new role. That's right. Donna Wong-Gibbons was recently promoted to Revenue Integrity Manager within the Revenue Integrity Department overseen by Nathan Barnes. If you see her, give her a big congratulations on her new role. Congratulations, Donna. That concludes our staff shoutouts. Let's move on to some birthdays. Looks like we got some upcoming birthdays here in September. We have Melissa Twait on September 6th, Angela Slaughter on September 7th, Eric Beck on September 8th, Scott Fitzpatrick on September 24th, and Scott Cordez on September 27th. Those are upcoming September birthdays, so if they work on your team or you work closely with them, make sure you wish them a big happy birthday. I thought about singing happy birthday for you all, but I'll save you guys that suffering. Let's move on to some staff engagement updates. Are you someone who loves engaging with peers, likes planning events and social gatherings? Then maybe Staff Engagement Committee is for you, and we want you. 
Mary Ann Allen and Mitchell McHugh have been working hard to get the committee back up and running. If you're interested in joining the committee, contact Mitchell McHugh at Mitchell, M-I-T-C-H-E-L hyphen McHugh, M-C-H-U-G-H at uiowa.edu. We'd love to have you. We're also welcoming some new teammates to the Finance and Accounting Services team. Marla Johnson, she, her, hers pronouns, started working as a capital budget manager recently. Marla comes to UI Healthcare from Transamerica, where she was working as a senior specialist, financial analyst, since December 2021. Prior to that role, Marla was a financial manager of utilities with Engie. In that role, she managed a complex P3 public-private partnership transition process of utilities from the University of Iowa to Engie. Prior to the Engie partnership, she was a finance manager of utilities with the University of Iowa. Within that role, Marla oversaw all of the utility expenditures and provided financial reports to track and manage budget performance, drive cost reductions, and support the utility rate strategies. She also prepared quarterly financial projections of capital projects and managed the multi-year cash projection associated with capital projects. Before Marla worked for the university, she worked for the Department of Internal Medicine as a senior financial analyst for several years. Marla's previous experience with UI Healthcare Financials and Capital, including managing a diverse of capital funding sources and assessing bond funding strategies, make her a perfect fit for this role. She's been married to her husband, Jeff Johnson, for 26 years, and they have three kids, Delaney, 24, working in Kansas City, Campbell, 21, working for Iowa City, and Addison, 15, sophomore at City High. She's a townie and grew up in Iowa City, so Marla is a true Hawkeye fan. She tries to be involved in all her kids' activities and enjoys long walks, a good book on the beach, and golfing. We're really excited to have her on the team. Marla will be sitting in the cubicle next to Brandy Wood and will maintain the hybrid remote work arrangement. Make sure you say hi if you see her in HSSB. Or shoot her a ping on Skype to welcome her to the department. It's time for DEI Who, What, Why, where we briefly describe a DEI topic, diversity, equity, and inclusion, for you to add to your vocabulary. today. Is intersectionality. The concept of intersectionality, according to intersectionaljustice.org, describes the ways in which systems of inequality based on gender, race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, gender identity, disability, class, and other forms of discrimination intersect to create unique dynamics and effects. For example, when a Muslim woman wearing the hijab is being discriminated, it would be impossible to disassociate her female identity from her Muslim identity and to isolate the dimensions causing her discrimination. This is actually a really fascinating concept that I think everyone should look into to see how their identities intersect and how it plays into their own lives and experiences. Intersectionality can cause both privilege and discrimination. So it's really cool to examine how your identities intersect and which one of those you're getting. For example, I as a gay Latinx man will experience life and healthcare differently than a straight Latinx man. Although we both may be Latinx, the fact that I am gay and he is straight will give us two different experiences that will either grant us discrimination or privilege. I hope that you can think about your own identities and how they intersect to shape your life experiences. And I hope that you can think about other people's identities and see how they intersect to cause discrimination or privilege that you may not be aware of. For more information on intersectionality, go to www.intersectionaljustice.org. It's time for HSSB Finance Cribs, where we dive into an employee's home office and ask him a couple questions about working from home. Today, we're highlighting Andrew Orris, also known as Andy. He's a financial analyst in revenue integrity. When I asked him what is your favorite thing about working from home, 
He stated, What I like most is not having to drive in the morning or afternoon craziness every day. We don't live far from HSSB, but Forever Green Road is continuing to get busier and busier, so sometimes taking it to work is frustrating. When I asked, what is a fun work-from-home story that you would like to share? Andy said, This past March, when we were working from home, my son ran out the front door to the school bus and thought he closed the door behind him. I was working in the office and started to feel a chilly breeze on the floor, so I went out to see where it was coming from. Apparently, he did close the door, but not all the way. The wind blew the door back open and it sat like that for nearly 10 minutes. We do have a puppy who would use it right now when an opportunity presented itself, but he didn't this time. He just sat in front of the door with a confused look on his face. Well, Andy, I'm really glad that your dog didn't get out, and I hope your feet didn't get too cold in that 10 minutes. If you want to see a picture of Andy's great home office, you can find it on page 4 of the newsletter. I don't know about you guys, but I'm always looking for different recommendations for podcasts, books, shows, or really anything. I asked Logan Kraft what he recommended, and he said that his fiance and him are currently in the middle of watching Game of Thrones, and he's really excited to finally see what all the hype is about, so he definitely recommend watching that. Game of Thrones has been on my list for a while, so thanks Logan, I'll definitely check it out. He's also a huge sports fan when it comes to football, basketball, and baseball. His favorite sport to follow is football though, and his go-to-go teams are the Iowa Hawkeyes and Minnesota Vikings. In his free times, he spends a lot of time watching TV shows or podcasts related to the most up-to-date sports news. You might even find him tailgating at an Iowa game this year. Well, those games start in three days, I think, on Saturday, so maybe we'll see Logan there. It's time for What the Heck Do They Do, where we dive into a teammate's role here within finance and accounting services and learn more about what they do. Today, we're learning about Janice Keys Pearl. She's a manager within Decision Support and Hospital Analytics. What Janice said was, I work with our decision support system, Strata, and other sources to provide data to requesters. Strata combines clinical expense and revenue data. It allows us to provide comprehensive information for a variety of needs. Reporting can be based on something as small as a single charge code or at higher levels, such as service lines, attending physicians, or payers. This data helps users make informed decisions and to understand what is happening within the areas of responsibility. Each day is different as types of requests vary and come from a variety of sources. We also recently implemented the Strata Decision Support System, so time is spent learning its capabilities and how to customize it. This position has allowed me to learn a lot about the clinical aspects of the organization as well as the financial. We also have a great team that works well together. This is a great position to combine knowledge in all areas of finance and clinical areas. It offers the opportunity to learn how multiple aspects of healthcare work together. Thanks for that, Janice. We really love learning more about what you do within your role. This next segment, we just can't do justice on the podcast. It's our pet show segment. And this month, we're highlighting Jet, puppy of Alex Rasmussen, a financial analyst in revenue integrity. Jet is an eight-week-old black Labrador. Jet's favorite activities include napping with his crate mate, eating sticks, splashing in his water bowl, and biting Alex's toes. Definitely go check out the newsletter on page five to see some pictures of Jet. It's finally time for our staff spotlight, where I'll be talking directly with Chris Gibbons, a senior financial analyst within Revenue Integrity, where we'll be learning a little more about him, what he does in his role, and what he does outside of work. Let's get started. Quick disclaimer, when I had this conversation with Chris, I wasn't anticipating making a podcast. I was just recording it for my own notes purposes. Um, But then I decided to make the podcast. So the audio might be a little awkward here and there, but we'll fix that with time. So Chris, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Are you an Iowa native? Are you from here? 
Uh, no, I've not always lived in Iowa. I was born and raised in Minnesota, grew up in the Twin Cities. And in between my sophomore and junior years of high school, my dad got a job in Atlanta. So we moved to Atlanta. And so I'm looking for colleges somewhere in close by Atlanta, end up at Florida State. Um, it's a five-hour drive. Three days after I graduated from high school, my folks moved back to the Twin Cities. So now I'm two days away from being home. But I actually ended up meeting Donna in the uh, cafeteria at Florida State. Oh. And so we went to college together. She got her PhD at Wake Forest. So I moved, we moved to Winston-Salem. And when she was looking for a PhD program, uh, she came to Iowa and toured and thought this would be a great place to do a postdoc. So we moved here. And uh, that was 2003. And we haven't left. Wow. So you guys have been here a while then. Mm -hmm. I didn't know you had met Donna down in college. That's a yep. really cool. Cafeteria at Florida State. Don't ask her about it. She doesn't remember meeting me. So, <laughs> How long have you guys been married? Uh, we got married in 01. So okay. 20, it'll be 21 years this. Okay. Yeah, October. I wasn't sure about that. I knew you guys were married. I didn't know if you guys had met here or not or before, but nope. call it sweethearts, I guess. Even though yep. Donna may not remember it. <laughs> <laughs> Worked out all right, but uh, she doesn't remember meeting me. So. So what have you done? What have you done previous positions? So at the university, I worked before this job in the registration department. Uh, mm -hmm. So doing patient registration over the phone. Uh, and I started at the university in the emergency department doing patient registration, plus all the um, other emergency room duties, you know, meeting incoming ambulances and answering the phones and DD to ED transfers and stuff like that. So, so that was uh, February of 18 when I started in the emergency room. And for the previous 11 years, I worked at the credit union, which is now Green State. It was University oh, yeah. of Iowa Community when I started. Uh, I, was, I started as a teller in Coralville, but then uh, for the last uh, almost eight years, I worked in the commercial department. Do you like emergency room? I used to do registration in the emergency room at Unity Point in Cedar Rapids. So I have a little experience in that. Did you like that environment? I did. I, I really liked the job. Unfortunately, my job was nights and weekends. And so the job was literally killing me, like, you know, working 14 hours a shift overnight and then not being able to sleep at all. By the time I left, I was sleeping, you know, maybe 90 minutes a day. Yeah. Uh, my body was all screwed up. And so I was happy to leave. I really, I really liked it. Like the, the emergency yeah. room is an amazing place. I think everybody who works in PFS should work a little bit in the emergency room so they understand like you really are the tip of the spear there and what it's like. But the people down there are amazing. Not the patients so much all the time. Yeah. But the, the staff that works there is great. Yeah, no, I completely agree. When I did registration at Unity Point, I love the staff. I love the environment, but it is draining. I mean, I was only part-time, but even being there with the types of patients you're dealing with, things like that, it can be really draining. So I can imagine how you were running run down after working. Yeah. It would have, I think it would have been different overnight. if I'd been working days and able to sleep at night yeah. instead of trying to flip back and forth and stuff. But it was fine for a year and then it was not. And so yeah. I needed out. And so fortunate, I was fortunate to move to registration and it took a couple of months to recover. Like I thought I'd start feeling better like in a week or so, but no, it yeah. really took a long time to, to feel better. Uh, I can definitely see how that would be really exhausting for the body. Um, I'm glad you I'm glad you got out or able to do something that maybe was a, bit, a little bit better for you. Um, what do you have? Do you have any hobbies or anything that you like to do? Yeah, we're amateur woodworkers. And oh, so okay. we're currently building a, a, a double dog kennel. And we're, we're, we've always done sort of DIY stuff, but we've been getting into word working here a little more. So uh, we're going to build an entryway bench. We've built some like planter, like some stuff, thing that you hang on the wall that a plant sits on. And, you know. How did you guys get into woodworking? Did you just want to try it out? 
Uh, it sort of was a uh, sort of the next step. Like, you know, we've, we're, we've done our painting and, you know, sort of yeah. DIY stuff around the house. It was sort of the next thing. Uh, I It was a literally it was a trimester class I took in high school before I moved to Atlanta. And I really liked it. But I just I never had the time or the opportunity or the money because it's not cheap. To, what is expensive to right now? <laughs> yeah well and the equipment's expensive and it takes up a lot of space and it's it kind of sucks because we only have our garage to do it in so either i have a wood shop or i have a garage i can't have both when you say we are you talking about you and donna yeah yep okay cool what kind of dogs do you guys have we have two pembroke welsh corgis so if you think of them in terms of toast we have a burnt toast one that's mostly black and then we have a toasted one that's um mostly brown how big are you making the kennels? Is it like palace size or like a smaller size or a huge? No, it's uh, <laughs> the 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 sleeping uh, beds that we got for them are like, I don't know, they're 30 by 20 or something okay. like that. And so that's the basis of uh, you put a, you know, a spacer in between the two of them so they can't interact with each other at night. And yeah. Then, um, that ends up sort of defining the the thing. It's also a dual function thing. So it's the kennel. And then there's a shelf and on it will sit like the sound bar and the Xbox and the Nintendo Switch. And then there'll be a top. Well, if you get good at it, you'll have to sell some probably, huh? I'm not going to make any money off of it. Uh, um, it takes too long. I can't crank them out. Yeah. I, I've got 12-year-old boys. I've got dogs. I've got a job. I can't, I can't crank them out. So. That makes sense. But, that makes sense, yeah. So we, I mean, we got a quote for a guy to do it. It was going to be $2,500. And I was like, I can buy a lot of equipment for $2,500. And then I can make other things instead of just having a dog kennel. So, yeah, I know. I had the same experience a couple, I think a couple of years ago. I was trying to buy a cake and I was, and they were charging me so much for this free tier cake. And I was like, I'm trying to just make it myself or cheaper. <laughs> and I did. I got all this stuff and I made, I made a wedding cake. So that was fun. Hey. But yeah i i agree sometimes it's cheaper to just make it than yep do it yourself yeah other than being a master woodworker now with donna is there anything that people don't know about you that you'd like to share with the group i was a music education uh, major in college and so i can play all of the i'm sorry i'm fixing the goopy eyeball of my one dog here (laughs) um uh, i can play all of the instruments i can play all the woodwinds all the brass instruments guitar piano not that I do, but I can. Yeah, you can. So why why did you leave music education? Well, I I moved. We moved to Winston Salem, and that's part of it. The other part of it was like I I chose that major really because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, and the thing that sucked about it is it there's so many courses that you have to take. Uh, you have to start as a freshman, so I didn't get like those yeah. two years that people get to like you know dabble and and figure out what it is that you may or may not want to be interested in uh it was like the thing i was good at in high school and so i was like oh i'll do that i miss it sometimes but then like a, our friend son now is a choral director at actually the school that the boys are going to and i'm like that's i'm glad that's not my life cuz i'm not sure that that was that would have been the right choice for me i had a lot of fun when i was doing it and i i do i sometimes miss it but i do wish that i had also had the experience of taking business or finance classes or whatever and yeah. uh, maybe finding something else that interested me well i know this is about you but i'm learning we have a lot of things in common because <laughs> my first two years i went to the university of northern iowa for my undergrad mm-hmm. and my first two years i was also a music education major oh. um so i did choral music ed though so i, I only know how to play clarinet from elementary middle mm-hmm. high school um but i was choral ed so i sang tenor and i was choral ed there Mm-hmm. Um, I did that for, I think, a year and a half. 
And like you kind of, I also lost that two years where you kind of get to explore and do things mm -hmm. um, because I was taking 18 credit hours of all music oh, classes yeah. for two years. Which all is my friends were taking classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays from like yeah. nine until three. And I was taking classes Monday through Friday from eight until six. Yeah. People yep. were looking at me like, why are you taking so many classes? And I'm like, well, all my classes are like one credit classes, but they should be yeah, three sure. credit classes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But yep. yeah, so that was crazy. I mean, I loved it. I mean, it was great. But like you said, like at the end of the day, I went in there because I picked music ed because it was something I, I love music. I didn't really know what mm -hmm. I wanted to do. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think second year, I ended up switching to biomedical biology, which is how I got here. But yeah, it's interesting that you said that. I was like, oh, wow, he's just retelling my college story <laughs> right now. <laughs> well, and I mean, I, I realized at the end of it that I wasn't I wasn't willing to put in the effort to, for this yeah. to be my career. And then uh, the, the sad story is uh, one of my roommates, he was willing to do, he was all about it. He's like, whatever it takes, this is, I know exactly what I want to do. And then for whatever reason, he wasn't wearing a seatbelt one night and he died in a car accident. So mm -hmm. the world lost a, a guy that might've, you know, influenced yeah. kids like us to do stuff. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's crazy how the world works sometimes. Yep. I'm kind of going off of that a little bit, kind of what is some advice that you would give people, um, either the staff or just people you don't know that you've learned throughout your life that you'd want to pass on? Um, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to, I, the, the sentence really is don't be afraid, period. Um, but it's, you know, don't be afraid to, to take those two years, not, not know what you want to do and figure out what it is that you're going to do. Don't be afraid to, you know, to try woodworking and, and make you know, mistakes and spend a lot of money on wood because you don't know what you're doing. Um, just don't be afraid. Don't, I'm telling my, my boys that right now, like this is you're you're entering middle school now. Don't be afraid to try these things. This is the time for you to figure out what it is that you like, what you don't like, you know, find your people, find the thing that you like to do. Just, you know, try cross country. They're going to go to cross country tonight for the first time. Maybe you'll hate it. Maybe you'll find something that you'll do that you love and will do for the rest of your life. Uh, but don't have predetermined because you're afraid that you might not like it or you might not you might feel like you feel weird or look weird or whatever just don't be afraid just go have fun i totally agree i mean i think that's something that i've slowly learned as i've kind of grown a little bit is to just do it um one thing that i always tell myself nowadays is no one's paying attention to you as much yes. as they think you are <laughs> yeah um, you think everybody you think you're you're the star of the show right you're, yeah you're the star of this sitcom that everybody's watching and it really is not getting any ratings at all. Yeah, no, that's that's the thing that I've learned to, to kind of humble myself on is <laughs> I think every, everyone's so scared of, oh, I don't want to embarrass myself by doing this thing. And then at mm -hmm. the end of the day, I'm like, no one's paying attention to you, Eric. Like, do it. Like, mm -hmm. no one, like at the end of the day, like, you're going to come out with a great memory. And even if you did embarrass yourself, who cares? People are yeah, probably you'll be able to laugh at you yourself about five minutes later. Did yeah. you ever see the movie uh, We Bought a Zoo? Matt Damon and Scarlett Johansson. It's based off of the. I I think I watched it when it came out, but I haven't watched yeah. it recently. Yeah. Based off of the first sort of non-cage zoo where they actually built enclosures that mimicked habitats and stuff like that. But yeah, his his thing in that movie is like just ten minutes of courage or ten seconds of courage, right? And that's how he ends up meeting his wife in the in the story. Is like he he saw this beautiful woman that he wanted to get to know. And instead of being afraid and, and, you know, walking on by, he, he had those technical curves where he walked up and said, you know, Hey, I'd like to like to meet you. And yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of, kind of going off of that of not being afraid and trying to find those happy moments. Um, do you have a moment in your life when you 
felt the most happy or the moment or sometimes when you feel the most happy? Um, I saw that on the list and as silly as this is going to sound to say it's the dinner table. Um, not it's, that's the time that you were really sitting down and connecting with people. And, you know, that's the time that I get to pump my 12 year old children for information about their school day. And they'll actually answer me sometimes instead of, yeah. Um, but you know, usually you're choosing who you sit and you eat with, and that's who you're connecting with. And, um, you know, whether it's your family or your friends or, um, you know, or if you're forced at school to sit down, it's not dinner table, but you're forced at school to sit at a table with people that you don't know, and maybe you'll make a new friend, um, or whatever the case is. So it's really that, that shared experience of sitting down and, and just talking and connecting with people. Yeah, I agree. That's something I found value in this past two years. Um, my mm -hmm. friend Olivia came in from, I'm, I'm come from the background of like, I eat lunch at school in like 10 minutes and then I'm gone to the next thing. Mm -hmm. And my friend Olivia is completely different. Like she likes to sit at the dinner table for as long as possible, enjoy the conversation, mm -hmm. enjoy the family, things like that. But I'm definitely like slow down to eat to enjoy the conversation rather than high school Eric, who would just like scarf down food and then <laughs> go to band I gotta go. or go study. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I definitely agree with that. Um, kind of talk about dinner. Do you have a favorite place to eat in Iowa City or a favorite food that you like to kind of go to here in the area? Uh, my favorite place to eat, uh, the food comes off of my smoker. Um, okay. I, um, not to pat myself on the back too much, but it's hard for me to eat barbecue out because I can do it better than yeah. I can. Uh, if I had to pick a restaurant, um, I think I would probably go with oasis okay um oasis is um it sort of harkens uh to um so we took in 2008 we missed the big floods here because we were in greece on a pilgrimage with some kids from church and that's what i not that we ate that type of food that exact yeah. food but it's it's reminiscent of the food that we ate while we were in greece um and so that's um i would go with oasis that's good stuff Okay, I haven't had it there, so I'll have to try it out. Yes, go have the um, have the falafel sandwich and get the baba ganoush and eat all the things. It's really good. Even okay, their fries yeah. are good. That's part of it is, uh, it's something about the soil in Greece, but the potatoes over there, we're like, we asked our tour guide, like, what are these potatoes? These are amazing. And then she's like, looked at us like we were crazy. And she's like, they're potatoes. Uh, there's nothing special about them, but it must be the soil or whatever is going on over there because they were amazing. And Oasis is as close as I've had since I've gotten back. Interesting. So yeah, I haven't tried it out. I had Baba Goonies for the first time in Chicago this year. So mm -hmm. I'll try it out to see if it was, it's good there. Yeah, it's good. It's real good. Uh, Donna's mom, she went, to the, she went to the Holy Land in Jerusalem. And uh, she wow. says the falafel at Oasis are better than what she had over there. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, well you, well, you definitely talked me up. So I'll definitely have to go check it out now. <laughs> yeah. When did you start smoking? Not smoking cigarettes, but smoking meat. Oh, um, <laughs> I, I took, uh, let's see. So I started at the credit union in 2007. And so the five-year gift was a little bullet smoker. So we're talking mm -hmm. 2012. And I used it exactly twice, the first time and the last time. Um, it tasted all right. It was a pain in the butt to, do, to use mm -hmm. and to operate. And I hated it. And so then I convinced Donna that we needed to spend a thousand dollars on a pellet smoker. And she's like, I, I don't, I don't think we need to do this. And so we did. And uh, <laughs> it, it's worked out well for us. It's uh, it, yeah. So since about 2012. 
I've smoked everything. I've smoked potatoes, lasagna, pizza, you know, whatever. Oh, lasagna. Interesting. Yep. Uh, I love me some good barbecue. So I'm excited to hear that you're smoking out there, smoking meat. I keep saying smoking. Mm -hmm. It sounds like the bad smoking, but we're talking about the the good smoking. No, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of work, um, you know, and the timing doesn't always work for, you know, if you want to eat dinner, sometimes you have to get up really early in the morning and, yeah um and get it going but it's uh i smoked brisket uh earlier this summer and it was it was amazing what's your favorite thing you've ever smoked since you you talk you smoke lasagna pizza well this brisket turned out absolutely fantastic so, and so that's probably okay. my favorite thing uh the briskets are so big that we don't have it very often uh, yeah. we're having a bunch of people over and so I, I smoked it um the thing that i smoke regularly though is is pork shoulder it it doesn't okay. take I mean, it takes time, but it's not a whole lot of effort and it freezes yeah. really well and it reheats really well. And so, um, not that I have the freezer space, but I can, I learned put six pork butts on the, on the smoker. Okay. Do you have a secret marinade that you use or anything? Any secret recipe? No, I literally got my, um, my barbecue rub from a book that you can buy. Okay. Um, I don't, there's not a secret at all. Um, it's basic spices. I don't. Uh, with the pork shoulder, I don't marinate it or anything. I, I literally just rub it down and, and slap it on the smoker. The uh, When I do chicken, though, I brine the chicken, and mm-hmm. it keeps the chicken from drying out, and it's really good. Okay. You're just that good. You just can put the spices together then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you literally, if you can read a recipe, you can smoke. It's it's that easy. Okay. Yeah, I've always been interested in how that – because I love barbecue. Like, I think I'd be interested in smoked meat sometimes. So maybe I'll try it out. I probably won't buy a $1,000 smoker. But I'm no, sure I and you can do somewhere. it <laughs> – and you can do it literally for 20 bucks. Like, if you yeah. look up Elton Brown's um, terracotta pot smoker, it's like a hot mm-hmm. plate with a tinfoil uh, pan where you smoke the wood chips on it. It's like oh. a terracotta pot that you can buy it, you know. Earl May or whatever. So you don't have to spend a whole lot of money. It's just more effort yeah. um, that way. But you can, and especially if you start with ribs, they take three-ish hours to do. Okay. Uh, less if you do a half rack of ribs. So you can do it twice and, you know, save some, you know. I do three racks of ribs because I'm feeding boys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it, you don't, it doesn't take $1,000. You're paying for the convenience factor. Yeah. Oh, I love me some convenience. So maybe, maybe we'll have to. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see, Chris. Do you have a mentor or anybody like if you had your ideal mentor, um, or somebody alive or dead or not, who you would like to serve as your mentor? Who would that be? Hmm. Um. Live mentor. Uh, he's no longer with us. Uh, but the director of bands at Florida State, Dr. Jim Croft, was just an amazing human being. Um, just from being in his ensembles and watching him be a human being to people, not even being the, the, an amazing band director, uh, amazing musician in of his own right, but just in a, being an amazing human being to, to, you know, a bunch of 18-year-old pukes who don't really know anything and think they're the great you know all of us were the greatest musician in our high school right like hands down we were the best and so we walked in together like hey we're gonna own this school and there was so (laughs) much that we didn't know um yeah he and you know i was fortunate to have him for 
for five years, uh, be the director of bands, but um, it, it, I didn't have that personal sort of one-on-one relationship that I uh, would have really enjoyed. Hmm. And then do you have a personal motto or mantra that you go by? I don't have one necessarily. I do have half of a line of a poem that I think of a lot. Um, the uh, Philip Larkin's The Mower, um, there's a line in it that says, we should be careful, we should be kind. Uh, we should be careful of each other. We should be kind while there's still time. And I think that line applies um, across life. Uh, to to people in your family, to the stranger that you don't know, we should be kind. I agree, definitely. I think that's a that's it may not be a full mantra or motto, but I definitely think it's something good to stand by. It's just be kind to people, especially in this day and age. You never yep. know who you're talking to, so definitely just always be kind. You don't have to be great personal friends with somebody, but you should be able to be kind to some. Yeah, agreed. Let's see, and then I guess. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the team about yourself or about your life or about what you do? Um, I mean, half the time, I don't even know what I do in this job since it's been, <laughs> it's been a slow ramp up, but I do, you know, cosmetic um, package rates or package rates for cosmetic services. Um, and so it's a lot of... Um, how much does this thing cost? And then how much are we going to charge for it if you don't have insurance? Um, that's, and I, it's a chair of one. I'm the only one who does it. Um, Brett, who used to do it before me is, you know, he left and that's why I've got this chair. It's not like mm -hmm. there's a team or anything. Uh, so every, if anything's package rates related, it's coming to me and Nathan. That's, that's the end. It's kind of odd to have to have gone from a team of, um, not that I'm not on a team, I'm, I clearly yeah. am, but, you know, we were all doing the same job. There were, I don't know, 24 of us or whatever mm -hmm. in registration um, to, I'm, a, I'm a, essentially a team of one. So you were, you're on Revenue Integrity, right? Yep. And then you say so you report to Nathan, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, technically, this role should report to Donna, my wife, but that oh, can't yeah. happen because yeah. um, of how they split the charge master and the charge capture apart mm -hmm. um but i no offense to my wife but she wouldn't know what i was doing either because yeah <laughs> i barely know and, and nathan barely knows because brett did all the work and he yeah. had the experience before and so um it's it's been a fun learning experience it's slow going uh sometimes um particularly because nathan is so busy but that now that donna's in a leadership role and they've hired ann's replacement um i'll have more time with him and we should be able to get get things rolling but yep if you need anything package rate related i'm the guy one guy okay i'm not out of the office for you <laughs> well if i need anything package related the next year that i'm here i'll definitely reach out <laughs> okay everybody that concludes our staff spotlight today i hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with chris gibbons i really enjoyed talking to him and just seeing how he values family personal connections and kindness um i really did enjoy our conversation i hope you did too um that concludes the podcast for today um if you want some um here's what you missed the new news or hssb the buzz um go ahead and check out the last page of the newsletter um, i'm just gonna plug some events quick up and coming events september 4th you have 
Coralville Pride Festival coming here to Coralville. Um, so you go look that up on Google to find more information on that. Um, October 12th through 26th, we have a 2022 Employment Engagement Survey by the University of Iowa. That's the university one. And then October 10th through 31st, we have the University of Iowa Hospitals and Clinics Employee Engagement Survey. Um, so if you're an employee at UAHE, you will be surveyed twice. Um, so just be on the lookout for that in October. We'll give you another reminder on the next newsletter and next possible podcast. And if you have any suggestions for me for the newsletter or for this podcast, um, please email me at ericramos at uiowa.edu. That's eric, E-R-I-C hyphen Ramos, R-A-M-O-S at uiowa.edu. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. I know I enjoyed making it. That was it for the August episode of Let's Get Personal Finance. Until next time. Ooh.